Alright, I want to start today, just give you a quick rundown. Today, this show, I'm going to talk about, first off, the NFL is in full swing as far as training camps go. All the teams have reported to training camp now that we are at the end of July. And big news out of Washington for the Commanders recently. The NFL, unanimously, the owners of the NFL, all 32 owners, or I should say, 31 other owners outside of the Washington Commanders. The other 31 owners unanimously voted to approve the purchase of the Washington Commanders by the investor group led by Josh Harris from Dan Snyder, and they have purchased the Commanders for $6.05 billion. (laughs) So congratulations to Commanders fans. It's been a pretty rough couple decades under Dan Snyder for the Commanders, you know, from everything from the team success to the stadium to controversies, the franchise as a whole really has been sort of struggling and floundering, really. They've undergone multiple name changes, and they've just had a lot of bad PR, especially in the last five, ten years. Just not good PR, no success on the field to defend it, and so... Luckily for the NFL and for Commanders fans and for that franchise, things should hopefully be looking up for them now that they have a new leadership group. Uh, And then one more thing coming up in the future, in a a few days, I'm going to be having a short episode coming out, and I'm going to be reflecting on the new Netflix series that recently came out called Quarterback. You may have heard of it. It stars Marcus Mariota of the Falcons, Kirk Cousins of the Vikings, and Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs, of course. Marcus Mariota is not with the Falcons anymore. He is currently a backup for the Eagles under, you know, he's backing up Jalen Hurts. But in the Netflix quarterback series, if you haven't already watched it, uh, the basically they followed... Those three quarterbacks throughout the 2022 season, and it kind of, the show kind of gives you a behind-the-curtain look at some of the behind-the-scenes and a little bit of what it's like to be an NFL quarterback in the three situations. You know, you have Marcus Mariota, who is sort of a quarterback who's been struggling to stay as a starter, struggling to find a, a place in the NFL, and, you know, to find success, and things didn't quite go the way he might have wanted last year. And then you have the other perspective with Kirk Cousins, who is a franchise quarterback who had a lot of success last year, but he also, in the end, had to fill the experience of, you know, being eliminated from the playoffs, disappointment, uh, people doubting him. So you kind of get that perspective. And then finally, of course, you also get the perspective of Patrick Mahomes. You get to see a little bit more of his life. And again, being that Patrick Mahomes is really kind of the GOAT of the NFL right now and by far the best quarterback in the league currently and really one of the best in NFL history, it's certainly interesting to see his perspective and a little bit of of what he went through this year. And being that the Chiefs did win the Super Bowl this year, through him you get to see not only him be successful, but you get to see him and his whole team reach the pinnacle of success for a season in the NFL. So there's that. I'm not going to go too much more into that show, 
right now that will be coming again in a few days i would like to i have watched the show all the way through once myself and it was it was very addicting i will say i got through it really quick and i was wanting to speak about it really soon but i would like to kind of go through it personally one more time just kind of comb through it at least and just get my my notes together on it a little bit better because there were a lot of things in each episode that I really liked that kind of changed my perspective on things or just, you know, things I found interesting that I would want to share with you. So that will be coming in the next few days. So look out for that. But first today, I want to talk about the Aaron Rodgers news that's been recently going on. And specifically today, big news for Aaron Rodgers. So it was announced today that Aaron Rodgers has signed a a new two-year contract that he's signed with the New York Jets. Uh, and that was kind of one of the last things that they needed to smooth out per se from the trade from him to from going from the Packers to the Jets. That was one of the things they needed to figure out with with Aaron Rodgers is his contract. But what they have signed with him now is a 3-year contract that is worth 112.5 million with the Jets and that includes a $75 million guarantee and then for the guaranteed money for the next two years for 2023 and 2024 his average salary will be $37.5 million per year for the next two years and the big news about that is that he basically took a pay cut from what he was originally going to be making in the next two years about $100 million this next two years was what he was originally going to get, but he's sort of taken a, a pay cut. They sort of moved that 30, about 37 million of that into 2025, which it's not even certain if he would even play that long. Really, they're playing it out as if this is a two year deal rather than longer than that. So we'll have to see. But Aaron Rodgers, in a press conference even today, was saying that he. The reason he agreed to the pay cut is because he's liking what he's experiencing with the Jets. He's liking being in New York. There have already been plenty of highlight clips coming out of the Jets' uh, training camp. There's one recently this week that came out with uh, a, a pretty good play from between him and Garrett Wilson, one of the, the Jets' star uh, wide receivers. And so... Aaron Rodgers said that he likes the energy there and he he really thinks that they have the chance to you know win a Super Bowl in the next this season or next season and so he was willing to take a pay cut in order to have a better chance to win. So that's pretty exciting for the Jets. The other quarterback that I mentioned that recently got a contract uh, extension and this this news broke yesterday. Uh, and that was Justin Herbert. He signed a contract extension with the L.A. Chargers, and his new contract extension was a five-year contract extension, and his total contract uh, worth now is $262 million, or I should say $262.5 million, and that makes his average out to be $52.5 million per year. Uh, so currently, as has been the trend for the last few years, or really almost forever, but uh, as has been the trend, every time a new, every time a star quarterback gets their 
their next next contract, they at least at the time that they sign it, they become the highest paid quarterback as far as average per year. And so, sure enough, Justin Herbert did that. Previously, Lamar Jackson was at the top, and now Justin Herbert's there. And for the Justin Herbert deal, it's pretty interesting. They did front load the contract, so actually most of the money is going to come in the first few years of that contract. And actually one other thing to mention with the contract extension that a lot of people may not understand is this is a contract extension. Justin Herbert wasn't at the end of his his rookie contract, so he actually still had the fourth year on his rookie contract left. He also had the fifth year option, which would be next year, 2024, and then the five-year extension will go into effect. So at least for this year and next year, Justin Herbert is technically still pretty cheap for the for the Chargers. It'll be in 2025 when his contract will start to be a lot more expensive, and he will become an unrestricted free agent in 2030. And, you know, what's really interesting to me about the Justin Herbert extension is that, of course, he is in the same division as Patrick Mahomes. And it's, it's really funny because it's been something that's been talked about for already a couple of years now. But, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, again, pretty much unanimously agreed upon as being the best quarterback in the league right now. Every, every time another quarterback signs a contract it makes it look even more and more like the Chiefs got a super steal of a deal and like they're underpaying Mahomes because at this moment Mahomes is now his contract is ranked ninth as far as how much he's making per year now the one thing with with Patrick Mahomes's deal is when he signed it that was a 10-year contract and he his contract is he's making an average of 45 million dollars per year is his 10-year deal the first five years were a little lighter so I think in the first five years of the contract for Mahomes he's actually only making about 39 million and then in the second half he'll be making a little bit more each year but even those years he'll be making only about 50 million and so and his contract is up and he'll be an unrestricted free agent in 2032 so just two years after this new uh, Justin Herbert extension but the reason I I want to compare these two is of course it's Patrick Mahomes first off and it's just really interesting just how underpaid he seems to be now but it's just really interesting to me because you have Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert in the same division the average per year you know who knows the i mean that the average isn't that crazy high as far as how much more herbert is making per year but again especially this next few years or at least when his contract extension starts in a couple of years from now he's going to be way more expensive than patrick mahomes is for the chiefs and so it's just you know the question is, is if you're if you're justin herbert and especially if you want to live beyond your five-year contract with the Chargers or anywhere else and make a lot of money, you know, Justin Herbert's got to start having success. You know, he's he's gotten the respect enough to get this contract, and 
I would agree. I think he's a really good quarterback, and I think he will have success in the future. But the question is, is he is with the Chargers, and they've, you know, they haven't had that same success that that Patrick Mahomes has had, or even many of the other quarterbacks that have recently signed big deals. For a lot of them, the reason they got big money was because they had at least had some playoff success. Justin Herbert and the Chargers have yet to have that yet. And they've, you know, they've barely, you know, kind of been wild card team, kind of barely been there. Now, I mean, again, it is kind of hard to be much more than a wild card team when you're in the same division as Patrick Mahomes, but it just kind of compounds on itself the fact that he's in a division with Patrick Mahomes. They're always going to be battling against each other in that division. And so, what the pay cut that Patrick Mahomes is taking basically in comparison to Justin Herbert, that's just more money that the Chiefs are going to be able to use in other positions, you know, with paying Travis Kelsey. And mind you, Travis Kelsey, even for a tight end, Travis Kelsey is pretty underpaid. And both of them have have openly done that with the purpose of being able to let the Chiefs pay other players so that they can win. And, you know, again, I'm all for players taking as much money as they can because a player, you know, a lot of people that aren't uh, professional athletes, sometimes it's easy to be annoyed at players for trying to get more money because it's for most of us the, the you know the the money that pro athletes are making is just absurd to look at especially for how young pro athletes are it seems unfair but if you really think about it another thing is is for pro athletes their their window of being able to make that money is a is pretty short you know and and especially in a league like the NFL you never know what could happen there are plenty of careers in different positions that, you know, a player gets a serious injury and that their their career in football is over. Or even if it's not over, one bad, bad injury can lead to them no longer being offered contracts that are even near what they're getting already. And then once they're retired or out of the league, even if they do have a relatively long career, I mean, most players are, for example, like with quarterback, the oldest quarterback we have in the league right now is Aaron Rodgers, who's 40 years old. And, you know, we're all talking about him as being really old, and he's probably only going to be around another couple years. I mean, we just had Tom Brady retired, who played up to his goal of playing in the NFL at the age of 45, and that was pretty old for a quarterback, or just for an NFL player in general, so... That's a pretty low age for retirement for other careers. And so point is, I don't necessarily fault players for trying to get as much money as they can. You know, some players, the for every player, it's, it's different. Some players, they go in and, and, you know, pro sports for them is, yeah, getting money, but they also want to get the success and the championships and all that. And for some, it's it's more of a concern of, making the most money that they can so that they can provide for themselves, their families, their communities. You know, that's the thing. That's the other thing too, is a lot of times people think of these pro athletes as getting all this money and hogging it to themselves. Whereas a lot of times, a lot of those player, a lot of these players are really great people. And a lot of times they do spread that wealth around the community, their families, things like that. But yeah, so that's the quarterback 
contract news for both Aaron Rodgers and Justin Herbert. Pretty exciting news for those. And that also brings into focus the fact that Joe Burrow, who is also in the NFC, or sorry, AFC, Joe Burrow is also due to be getting a contract extension soon from the the Bengals. So we'll have to see how that goes. All right, now I want to talk about the running back situation for the NFL. There's kind of been a discussion that's been growing around the NFL because of some really key names at the top of the running back market right now who have been voicing their disappointments with where the market is and what the pay is that the league-wide is paying and offering to running backs, even you know the top, top star running backs. It's... The, quarter, the running back market is kind of shrinking. And so, for example, just last week we had Josh Jacobs of the Raiders who the Raiders had offered a franchise tag to, but Josh Jacobs, of course, wants a, long, a longer-term contract with high pay, and so there, there was that one. Saquon Barkley also of the Giants, another star running back, had been franchise tagged by his team. And then you have also Dalvin Cook, who is a free agent right now, who is another star running back who was recently with the Vikings but left because of wanting more money. And then you also had Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts. And all those running backs were in the discussion of being possible holdouts for training camp. Now that we've started training camp across the league, everybody started we have had development with the Saquon Barkley contract, uh, but first I just want to talk about and recap for those that don't know what I believe it was just last week. The some of the top running backs had a conference call that was organized by the Chargers star running back Austin Eckler, and he kind of put together a group call that was with him. I believe it had Christian McCaffrey. It also had Saquon Barkley and Nick Chubb. And in that conference call, they kind of got together and discussed how they, as running backs league-wide, might be able to try to start uniting and start trying to lobby for better pay for them and for not necessarily star running backs across the league. And the reason for this is... Not unwarranted. The running back market has been shrinking. Uh, its contracts have been g- getting bigger, especially for positions like quarterback and wide receiver. Those positions, you know, again, like I discussed with quarterback, almost every time a new quarterback, another quarterback gets a contract, it ends up being their contract tops out what the previous record was for that position and it's kind of similar with the wide receiver position and even tight ends that that position is even going up in value but just with where the league is at and where the game of football is transitioning to in the NFL the running back position has been slowly getting paid less and less and also with shorter contracts generally And so, because of that, of course, running backs are upset. And for a lot of those running backs, specifically with Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, 
and with Josh Jacobs, it was believed that it was possible that many, if not all, of those star running backs were going to hold hold out of training camp, and that would have been a big deal. But after the conference call, not long after, Saquon Barkley finally signed his franchise tag with the Giants, and he's signed that tag for basically being reported as being $11 million. Really, it's just the original franchise tag of $10.1 million, but it's now got more incentives for him to realistically be able to get up to $11 million. But unfortunately for Barkley, it really is kind of still a, you know, giving in and, and kind of submitting to the situation that the running backs are in. You know, he really was looking for, he was really trying to get about $15 million a year, but the, the Giants just didn't want to pay that. And so Barkley went on to even say today that, that yeah, he very well knows that, yeah, he kind of had to settle. And for him, he says that the reason he kind of changed course so quickly is because of a recent epiphany that he had in the last couple of days since that running back conference call, uh, you know, and, and for Barkley, he talks about how that he still feels like them as running backs, they need to stand up and try to do what they can to fight for better pay for their position. But he also understands that his so-called epiphany is that he thought about the fact that if he sits out, even if he sat out this whole year, which was something he considered, if he sits out and the Giants don't do very well, then what are the chances really this next offseason that the Giants or any other team are really going to pay him what he wants? It's rightfully so. He's probably right to assume that by holding out this year, he's probably not going to get what he wants. And so Saquon Barkley has signed his franchise tag. Josh Jacobs of the Raiders still has yet to sign his. And then... For Dalvin Cook, he's still a free agent. Now, one of the things that's uh, been a headline this week is that Dalvin Cook has been meeting with many teams, and one of the teams that he's rumored to be looking at going to and he's really liking the sound of is the New York Jets. So it would be pretty interesting to see a Dalvin Cook and Aaron Rodgers team up on the Jets, but we'll have to see if the Jets will be able to afford whatever he's asking, and we'll have to see you know, what he'll be willing to take. For money from any team when he does finally sign somewhere and of course for the other running backs with Josh Jacobs it'll be really interesting I mean he really is a star player and especially for a team like the Raiders right now who aren't looking like a team that's going to have a ton of success he's going to be if he does play he's going to be one of their few you know shining stars for the year and so it'll be really interesting to see if they can actually uh, appease his his desires and get him to come back onto the field this year. Or if he'll hold out for just training camp or if he'll hold out for the whole season, we'll have to see Austin Eckler who was with the charger. He's still under contract and I believe he's planning on playing. I don't know that he's holding out necessarily, but for a lot of running backs, again, it's not only the pay per year that's, that's going down. It's just their contract lengths. As I, as I read through a list of the top running backs, I'll give you just a few examples of when their contracts are up and what they're getting paid. So, for example, the very top 
most paid running back in the league right now is Christian McCaffrey, who is with the 49ers now. And his contract is worth about $64 million. And he's getting about $16 million per year. And his contract is void in 2026. So his contract is about as long as they get right now for any running backs. Going down all the list of running backs and their contracts this year, the longest they go out to right now is 2026 or 2027 in a very few amount of cases. And again, he's getting paid about $16 million a year. The next most that's being paid is Alvin Kamara of the Saints, who's getting $15 million a year. His contract ends in 2026. And then after that, you've got guys like Darren, Derek Henry. He's only making $12.5 million a year. And he's gonna his contract is going to be void in 2024. Uh, Nick Chubb, he's getting $12.2 million. Aaron Jones is $11.5 million. And again, now Saquon, who is about $11 million, really 10.09-ish, really, with incentives. Uh, and then Josh Jacobs. That's the thing is Josh Jacobs with that franchise tag. The the franchise tag has a set number for, for running backs as to, or for each position, a franchise tag is worth a certain amount. And so, yeah, for that franchise tag, should Josh Jacobs choose to to sign it, it'll basically be the, the guaranteed value would be the same as what Saquon Barkley got. And it's also the same contract that Tony Pollard of the Cowboys recently signed earlier this off season. And so, I mean, again, that's just not even, you know, that's going through the top 10 uh, highest paid running backs in the league. And that's compared to quarterback. Of course, it's way less than that. It's, it's even, in many cases, it's less than, than tight ends now. And so, you know, I do feel for running backs, but to me, but for me, the way I see it is, is this, and a lot of people in the media have been talking about it as well, but there's been a good corner of the media that I feel like just out of trying to be good people, trying to be supportive of the player, which again, I'm, I want it to be stressed. I support all all the NFL players as well. And again, I want them to, you know, I think they should feel free to fight for as much money as they can. But the thing is, is there's this sentiment and this idea out there that it's a, this conspiracy by the NFL owners and by the NFL at large to underpay them. It's, it's, there's this idea out there that running backs are just picked on, people don't like them, whatever it is. It's, you know, a lot of people seem to think that that's what it is. It's just running backs are being picked on. They're just undervalued. Nobody cares about them. And that's not necessarily the case. The thing is, is you got about, you got to kind of think about the running back position economically. If you think about the economics of, of football and of the league, again, with football, there's different positions. Every player generally plays one position at least when you get into the the pro level, you know, down in high school and and even in college to some extent and and lower, there are certainly very athletic talented players that end up playing multiple positions, both sides of the ball, things like that. But at least once you get into the pros, that's rarely if ever happening. You know, you you might have of course you got players that play special teams and either defense or offense, but 
even then, a lot of times you're not going to have, you know, if you got a star player, you might have like a star running back or wide receiver that is a punt returner or kick returner and their other offensive position. But generally, otherwise, you have one position by the time you get to the pro uh, level. And so the economics of the NFL right now is just that there's a surplus of running backs. There's just way too many talented running backs out there. And, you know, we've seen it proven over the last few years that if your team wants to have a number one starting star running back that is one of the top five, top ten in the league, yeah, you might have to pay, you know, relative to the market, you got to pay more for it. But even still, as I've gone over, it's still at this point not that much. And the thing is, is a lot of teams around the NFL seem to have come to the same conclusion that really they just don't need to pay for that top level or running back because with running back one of the points that's been brought up is that if you look at the last uh, 9 or 10 Super Bowl championship teams they have all had running backs that were not very highly paid that were not top paid running backs like take the Chiefs for example they had Clyde Ed- Edwards Hilaire and they won the Super Bowl this last year, and he, as far as his contract, you know, he's only making two point seven million dollars a year. His total contract is only worth ten million. And the thing is, is for a lot of these running backs and for a lot of these teams, if they want to be successful, the blueprint that's been shown over the last few years is that you want to pay cheap. You know, we've we've seen a good amount of teams this last few years that have had running games that are known for having two or three star running backs on that team. And so it's just, it's been way too easy for teams to go into even the draft and just right out of college. There's just tons of running backs that are coming right into the league more than ready to play. And teams can draft them, you know, in the third, the fourth, the seventh round, whatever. And they can have pretty easy success at finding a starting running back. Even if it's not necessarily a top five running back, it's just way too easy for teams right now to find good running backs. So the thing is, is unfortunately for a lot of the running backs that are currently in the league, there's not a whole lot they can do. They can lobby all they want and, you know, it might help to minuscule degrees and, and them lobbying may very well if they stick to the, if they stick to the cause and they still, and they stay really devoted to it, sure, they may cause change in the NFL and get running backs to be paid more. But if anything, that major change won't really take effect in time to really help out a lot of these current running backs. So a lot of the things that I've been seeing mentioned around the, the media and by former NFL players is that, you know, if you are not currently in the NFL and you're in college or high school or younger, for a lot of football players coming up the, the ranks, it may be smart to try to, if you're you know a top talented player, it may be smart to try to go to different positions rather than running back. And even in the NFL right now, some of those running backs that we are seeing getting paid the most and being valued the most are running backs like Christian McCaffrey. You know, you can still be a running back and get paid top money, 
But if you're going to get that top money that you can, you can't just run the ball. You got to be able to run the ball. You also got to be good in multiple situations. You got to be able to block. And like with Christian, Christian McCaffrey, he's also really good at receiving as well. And a lot of running backs are, but point is if you're a running back, especially if you're higher up there and you're already in the league right now, about the best you can do is trying to make yourself multifaceted and adding value to what you can do in other areas of the field other than just running. Because otherwise, right now, there's no incentive or nothing really forcing teams to pay more for running backs. Because as long as they can find a cheap running back that they can draft at a semi-reasonable draft pick, there's no reason to pay a running back that's off of a rookie deal and the other the other problem that has really hurt running backs in recent years is the last few times that we have seen huge contracts be signed by running backs with teams take for example Ezekiel Elliott with the Cowboys he recently got paid a few years ago and now he's not a Cowboy anymore they they let him go and and said you know goodbye they don't want didn't want him anymore and why did that that happen Uh, with him and and multiple other star running backs this last few years part of the problem is even if they really are super essential to their team and able to earn that contract in these cases the history has shown that once those running backs get their big contract the other problem with with the running back position is they really are beat up on, which is a reason to fill for running backs. They really are beat up on their con their uh, career lengths are on average, very short compared to other positions like quarterback or wide receiver because running backs are getting hit hard so much more often. And they're generally a lot smaller compared to everybody else that's on the field. And so Again, got a feel for running backs, but yeah, for these teams that pay a lot of money to their running backs, it's just kind of shown to the rest of the league. Taking Ezekiel Elliott, for example, it didn't really pan out. The amount that they paid him for the, the three or four year contract that he got a few years ago, it just didn't pan out. And, you know, it ended up being that his now replacement on the Cowboys, Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard came in this last year too, and in many games and for to a good extent he kind of became their number one back really and Ezekiel Elliott started struggling with injuries and you know being able to compete as far as productivity so those kind of things are what go into the league not wanting to pay as much for running backs and so again I support running backs I want them to be able to get paid as much as they can but again you got to think about the economics of the position and remember that it is a contract salary cap sport where every team has only a certain amount of money that they can pay pay to all their team as far as the players go there's basically one pie if you think about it there's one pie that has to go around to the whole team and so in the front office they've got to figure out how to divvy out that pie to different parts of the team. And so if you pay more to your running back, that's less money that you're going to be able to pay to a lineman or a, a 
or your star quarterback. You're not going to be able to afford a star quarterback as much or again a a good as many wide receivers, you know, you need a lot of wide receivers and you may not be able to pay them or if you've got a star tight end for example, you may not be able to afford to keep them around. So it's not really that running backs are being picked on, it's just that the way the sport has evolved the running game is just not as important to the sport anymore and even when the running game is valuable and running backs are very valuable still in the NFL the problem is there's just a surplus of them and they're just way too easily replaceable in the eyes of pretty much every team now and so that's kind of my thoughts on the running back position situation all right now now that we've finished talking about the running back situation for now, want to go into some of the last little bits of news that I wanted to talk about. Firstly, a star wide receiver I want to talk about would be DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, who had previously been with the Cardinals on July 16th, came out that DeAndre Hopkins had signed a two-year deal with the Tennessee Titans. And his two-year deal is worth $26 million with the possibility of $3 million through his incentives. And I found it really interesting. Wanted to just talk about it for a second. But, you know, usually with these contracts, when you see news about a big contract being signed, you know, and you're seeing it on TV or online, whatever, usually you just see that simple headline of, you know, the length of the contract and the overall value. But I found it interesting because Ian Rappaport, uh, one of the top resources in the NFL for reporting on things, uh, he very uh, simply broke down the incentives, and I thought it was kind of interesting. I almost feel like if you're if you're a Titans fan or even like a fantasy fan, for example, following DeAndre Hopkins this this next couple of years might be kind of interesting because you can very easily follow. Uh, when he's hitting a benchmark to get more of his uh, money incentives. So, like, for example, with catches, if he gets 65 catches in a season, he gets $250,000. And then from there on, every 10 after that, all the way on up to 95 catches, he gets another $250 million. So, again, if he gets 65 catches in a season, he'll get 250000 and then if he gets 95 catches in a season, he'll get 1 million total. And with yardage, if he gets 750 yards, he'll get 250,000. If he gets up to 1050 yards, he'll have a he'll have a total of a million. And then for touchdowns, it goes 4 6 8 10, you know, and again with $250,000 increments for each of those. So with the incentives, I said it was $3 million total for incentives, but it's actually $3 million possible for each of those years. So again, I just find that kind of interesting and I think it would be kind of fun to follow throughout the season just to know when DeAndre Hopkins is approaching those milestones. It's one of those things, I mean, a lot of contracts have incentives uh, I mean, they all basically do to some extent, but 
you know, it's kind of interesting because every once in a while you'll hear on a broadcast, like especially later in the season, you'll hear about, oh, yeah, they that team, you know, they, they tried to get the ball to, to this player and they got it to him because he he just needed that one more touchdown to get X amount of money on his on his contract incentives. So whenever I've heard that in past games, I've always thought that was kind of interesting. So to be able to see it beforehand right now, just after DeAndre Hopkins signs his contract, I think it's kind of cool to think about going forward. And then today's episode, the last thing I wanted to talk about is another holdout, uh, another star holdout that is in the NFL. And this is not running back. This time it's defensive line. And this is with the Kansas City Chiefs, their star defensive lineman, Chris Jones, who has been a huge impact to their success, especially on that defensive side. I mean, we all know about the Chiefs and their offense and everything they've been able to do. But, you know, they their defense, even though it hasn't always been at the top, it's it's generally been this last few years that they've been really successful their defense has held, held its own and especially in the the playoffs and like for example this year in the Super Bowl the defense had a lot of key plays that kept the Chiefs in the game this year so you know to lose Chris Jones soon would be a pretty big blow to the Chiefs hope of going towards a dynasty going towards uh you know more more Super Bowls and things like that and so the situation with Chris Jones is his his contract isn't up yet, but he is wanting and looking for a contract extension. He's on the last year of his deal, and so right now he's holding out. And the interesting thing with Chris Jones is he is, because he's held out so far, every day that he holds out, he does incur a $50,000 penalty for each day that he misses, and from some of the reporting even today it doesn't sound like the contract talks between him and the Chiefs have been going too well and it doesn't sound like he's at all ready to budge and you know give in and come in to training camp he is willing to take that daily penalty in the hopes of getting a better contract you know and and one of the biggest Chiefs fans in the media uh, Nick Wright who was on uh, Fox Sports 1 he recently talked about the Chris Jones holdout and he talked about that as a Chiefs fan he really respects Chris Jones's contributions to the Chiefs success and he does he said that even for him admittedly if things don't go well with uh Chris Chris Jones's contract negotiations this offseason there's a chance that this season is his last year with the Chiefs and as Nick Wright pointed out the last time the Chiefs had contract issues with a star player that wanted more money, that was Tyreek Hill. And what happened with Ty- Tyreek Hill? They traded him. They traded him to the Dolphins. And, you know, last year everybody said that they weren't going to have a chance without Tyreek Hill. And guess what? They won the Super Bowl. Now, one thing to note is that with, with Nick Wright, for example, he even, he even mentioned that, yeah, he would admit that if they lose Chris Jones say after this season or say they trade him even partway through this season that Chris Jones leaving would be a big blow and that their chances of winning Super Bowls in the future is going to go down and it's going to be tougher for him especially if they can't find uh you know some some more help on the defense that's going to be a huge blow so 
Uh, for the Chiefs, we'll have to see. It'll be interesting to see if they can hold on to Chris Jones. And again, it's it helps that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, some of their top stars, it helps that some of those players have been players that are interested enough in winning that they're willing to take pay cuts for their own contracts for the interest of the team. Next, I just wanted to get a couple of injury news reports out of the way. First for Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals. As I mentioned previously, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals should be in the works of getting a contract extension figured out for him to keep him in Cincinnati for the future. But just today in training camp, he was injured and the initial reports was that it might be something to do with the knee or in that area, which could be kind of concerning. But later, the reports were indicating that apparently it was actually just something to do with injuring the calf. And Jamar Chase said something to the effect online that Joe Burrow had, in passing or directly to him, had let Jamar Chase know that basically just the calf, nothing too serious, Burrow feels fine, everything should be okay. Um, So... Hopefully for Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, he won't be out very long. If anything, maybe he's out for preseason or for the rest of training camp, which preseason, that's not a big deal. Starting quarterbacks don't really play in the preseason anymore anyways. And training camp, of course, you'd love to have him there to have more time to work with the offense. But he is already a star quarterback and their offense has already been a big part of that team's success the last few years. So if if anything, you're just happy that he should be ready to go early on in the season, if not ready to go perfect for week one. So that's the news out of the Cincinnati Bengals training camp. The other bit of training camp injury news to share from today is from the Miami Dolphins, who recently added cornerback Jalen Ramsey from the Rams, a star cornerback in the league. The Dolphins acquired him this offseason, and he was poised to become a star in their defense, and still should be. But the news today is that he was injured in training camp today and was carted off the field, and it was pretty early on reported that it was something to do with a meniscus injury of some type now from what i understand there are two different types of meniscus injuries the important thing to know about the two different types of meniscus injuries is one type is less severe and would only keep a player out for about six to eight weeks and the more severe would require a more intensive surgery and recovery and that would keep In this case, Jalen Ramsey, that would keep him out until about December of this season. So, And initially, the reports were that it was the lesser of the the two, and so people were saying, okay, no worries, he might be back for week one, week two, something like that. But the last reports I was seeing, even from some tweets that Ramsey has posted, it seems like he may be gearing up for a more serious surgery and recovery and he talked about on Twitter how he wants to come back towards the end of the season and have a surge and you know maybe he'll be able to 
come back in later in the season if that ends up being what happens. And it'll be a blow to that defense, but if he needs to, he'll be able to come back in in December. And hopefully the Miami Dolphins will be well in the playoff race or at least in the wild card race. And he'll be able to come back in and maybe he'll be able to give them that spark, especially on defense, and they'll be able to make it into the playoffs. Uh, and then lastly, the other news I wanted to bring up uh, to do with my my team, Chicago Bears, Cole Komet signed a new contract. Uh, and his contract is signed for four years, and now he's his contract will expire and he'll be a free agent in 2028. And his contract extension that he signed is for a four-year, uh, $50 million contract. And he's that puts his average at $12.5 million per year. So for Cole Komet, you know, and I, I was seeing online a lot of reactions, especially including in the uh, Chicago Bears fan community. I was seeing a lot of people kind of questioning the number and a lot of people saying that Cole Komet is overpaid. Uh, and I don't know, at first I kind of felt the same way. I was like, dang, 50, 50 million dollars, four years. That seems like a pretty good, big, you know, that seems like a pretty big size contract. But if you actually look at the contract and you look at the rank, the ranking of where his contract lines up with other tight end contracts in the league, he actually is tied for ninth. As far as the average value per year, he's tied with uh, Hunter Henry right now. As far as their their average on their contracts, so and I mean honestly, even if you look at his fantasy value, Cole Komet really has been a pretty good tight end this past year or two. So I think it's a fair payment. You know, I mean as a as a Bears fan, I always want my star players that I love, including Komet. I have really enjoyed watching him. I think he's really good for the Bears and. I think he's a big part of, I mean, he's been one of the few rep weapons that Justin Fields has already had coming into this year. He was one of the top weapons that Fields had available. So I'm glad they're keeping him around and I'm glad he's getting his money. But, you know, yeah, at first when I saw the number, I was like, eh, I don't know, because even though I want my star players to get paid again, but I also want more of my star players to get paid as much as I can. You know, I want that wealth to be a as spread around to other positions as it can be because again we talk all the time about how much quarterbacks are paid tight ends are paid wide receivers you know again there's all this stuff with the running back position now but with other positions there are plenty of other positions around the around the teams uh, on defense on offense on special teams that are really important as well that don't get us as much talk about them and especially for example with with offense and defensive line there are some of those positions that really don't get paid near as much as the other uh, quote-unquote skilled positions do and so you know if, if you want to have a successful team you want to have top level players at every position at least to some extent so anyways as a Bears fan I'm happy with that happy that they secured Cole Komet for the the near future for again at least until 2028 looks like he's going to be a bear and I'm excited for that with that said that's all I had for this episode of touchdown talks thank you for listening and again some of these will be broken up into different parts
And coming up soon, in a few days, I will have a new shorter episode coming out where I will be talking about the Netflix series Quarterback. So anyways, thank you for listening. Have a great day.